0: Children, our, our, our focus is the next 40 years of ministry, so it's never going to go away. And um, that's where we're committed to, is to the future. And so I, I would ask you humbly to uh, help us raise a generation that, to receive a gospel that is greater in anointing than the one we're currently in. Amen? Uh, we, the only hope for our children is Jesus. Jesus. The the only hope for Lorraine City Schools, pull in real tight, is Jesus. You can run from it all you want. I'm so tired of all of the philosophies and the administrative, you know, gimmicks that we try to pull off. Listen, look at your church. The church is the only hope with Jesus for this generation. If you believe that, then I'm asking you to help us raise a generation in the power of the gospel, in the power, in the equipping of the anointing to know who they are and to know why they are for the moment they are. Amen? So please sign up for that. Um, uh, Today, uh, let's receive the offering. Let's receive the offering. I really want to minister the word. I'm anxious to give this to you today. It's about vision. And I know that God wants to speak to each and every one of us today. Um, I I, I find it very interesting. Um, How many know the story of Abraham when he took his son Isaac? God called Abraham to take his only son. You know this story? God calls Abraham to take his only son, take him up on the mountain and to give him, to sacrifice his only son to him. Of course, we know the story goes on, that God stopped him and saw that his heart was was pure and devoted fully, so God stopped the knife from plunging in the chest of his son, and God provided a ram. That ram today we know is Jesus. God provided an offering, a sacrificial offering Name Jesus, but I find it very interesting in the church today that we have contention, we have difficulty giving to God ten cents of a dollar. Hmm. Uh oh. Uh. <laughs> so you telling me? Let me. Let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. Let me. Let me see if I understand this correctly. God does not. You would say. God doesn't want that, but God required Abraham's only begotten. But we have difficulty with 10 cents. Does that make sense? That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. And so the, the principle of tithing, it's not a law, it's not like, it's not, that, it's not in the Ten Commandments. But it is a principle that is found throughout the text. You can go back and search it. Don't trust me. I want you to go find it for yourself. You will see that every every patriarch operated with this principle of the tenth in their life. Jacob did it. Abraham did it. Every patriarch... And what I want to challenge you with today is this, and don't worry about that baby, let that baby do what that baby does, everything's fine, okay, just no, nobody feels any kind of way, everybody's cool, everybody cool? All right, there you go, everybody's fine in here with that. So like, you know, you're on a plane and a baby starts crying and you feel tense for the parent because you're like, I know the parent feels the pressure of this baby crying, but we, we don't feel pressure. We want to go over there and hold your baby. Let's pass the baby around the room and rock the baby. You know what I mean? We're good with it, just so you know. Okay. So what was I saying? I was talking about the tie. the principle. It's a principle. It's not a law. And if the principle is applied in your life, the principle will suddenly produce a harvest. It's like sowing and reaping. So to, if you believe in the story, do you believe the story of Abraham? Yes, you do. Then you must then, then, you must then say, if God required the best of Abraham, God requires the best of me. He, he's no respecter of person. He requires the best of me. And what I want to say is, because God requires the best of you, you can expect the resources that He provides from Him. And if you will be the Abraham of your generation, look at me, if you will become the one who's willing to make the sacrifice that nobody else is willing to make, then your descendants will walk in the blessings you provide. If you'll be the one to say, I'll make the hard decisions today, I'll make the sacrifices today so my children walk in the blessings tomorrow. Be the Abraham for your family. Operate. What did we say when we were going to start out this year? We were going to trust this Bible fully. If it says to do it, we're going to do it. Just do it. Just do what the Word says and God let God do the rest. Amen? Come on, let's give today. As you give, hold it up before the Lord. Thank you so much for your faithful giving to the vision of God for our region. I want to say happy birthday to my good friend Eli de los Santos this morning. His birthday was this week. My other good friend uh, Nick Geyer sitting back there, his birthday was just celebrated. Come on, put your hands together for them today. Happy birthday. (laughs) If we don't, if we don't know where your birthday is, you're not connected to us. We need you to scan that QR code, and then when you scan that QR code, we get to send you a birthday gift and tell you how much we love you and appreciate you and value. You. Amen. Every one of you are born for this; you're custom fit for the time you're in. Did you not get a gift? Roger's looking at me sideways. I didn't get my gift, man. I don't know. We'll take care of you, man. We're gonna check the records, though. We're gonna check, make sure your name's in there. You know. Let's bless it, Father. Thank you. For a gift to every giver today, we sow this in the natural, but we reap it eternally. We thank you for heaven that comes to earth because of the principles of your word. We know that as we practice the principles of your word, we give permission for eternity to operate within time. So bless your people today as they give. Father, thank you. That as I sow it, heaven comes to my children, heaven comes to my marriages, heaven comes to my city, heaven comes to my workplace. Thank you for doing that which only you can do as I do, God, in obedience to what you've called me to. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to take your Bible. Go with me to Luke 18. We're going to start right away. Luke 18. We're going to start in verse 35. I'm very thirsty. Luke 18. Start in verse 35. Then it appeared, or then it happened, as he was coming near Jericho, that a certain blind man sat by the road and he was begging. Y'all hear me? And hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And he cried out. He cried out. And he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then those who went before warned him that he should be quiet. But he cried out all the more. (laughs) Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still. Man. Jesus. We need Jesus to stand still today for us. I mean, I need Jesus. Jesus, I need, you to, I need you to stand still for me today. He commanded him to be brought to him. And when he had come near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Could you imagine? Jesus calls you and asks you, what do you want from me? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight. And he followed Jesus, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. I want to talk to you today about vision. Vision is faith that can produce sight. Sight can never produce faith. It says that there was one blind beggar along the road to Jericho, from Jericho to Jerusalem. It said that he was the blind man. But I would tell you that he was the only one that had vision. The others had sight, but he was the only one who had vision. And if you had to choose between one or the other, I'd surrender my sight for vision every time. Because vision is to heaven what sight is to the earth. Vision can produce sight, but but sight can never produce vision. You can have sight without vision and still be blind. In 2024, I want you to claim this as the year where you get your vision. You've got to stop living by what you see. You've got to stop living by what you see. The believer has no business living by what they see. For the just shall live by faith, man. Faith in Hebrews is defined as the substance of things hoped for, yet the evidence of things I cannot see. I can't see it with my eyes, but my spirit can see it. And until you and I develop vision, we will forever be lost in sight. You'll be moved by what you see and what you see will discourage you. It will create a dis- it will disconnect you. It will frustrate you. It will make you may- angry. It will, it will offend you, man. You will get offended because of what you see. You can't you can't afford to live according to what you see. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, For we do not look at the things which are seen, but we look at the things for the things that we see are temporary. But we look at the things we can't see. How do you look at something you can't see? By faith. But we look at the unseen. vision." Vision is how you see faith. And unless you have vision, you will forever throw it away. You'll walk away, you'll quit. until you get vision, you'll be broken-hearted, disgusted, broke down, angry until you get vision. You need vision. We need vision. You know, vision is a promise. It's a promise given long ago joel 2 28 says in the last day this is what peter saw come to pass so it's already here i want you to know vision is a promise from god's word he said in the last day i will pour out my spirit on everybody man the gay ones the straight ones the left ones the right ones the and he said i'm gonna pour out my spirit on everybody Bless we think we're, you know, like we're somebody. No, he said everybody is gonna get some of this. And when I pour my spirit on everybody, your sons and daughters are gonna start talking about the possibility of the impossible. They're gonna start prophesying that Jesus is alive today and living well in the land of the living, that he is, that anything really is possible. They're gonna prophesy. He said, "You old men, they're gonna get dreams again. Dreams, dreams ain't nothing but visions that you let go of a long time ago. That's what a dream is. A dream is a vision that you gave up on. If you if you are of some age in this room, I want to encourage you to dream again. Dreams are visions from from long ago that you quit on." And he said, but, but when I pour my spirit on all flesh, they'll get their vision back. And they'll, they'll dream again. They'll start having dreams. They'll dream again. And then he said, you're young men. They're going to see visions. Yeah, they're going to see. Your young men will see visions. Oh, we need a generation to see visions. If you don't, if you don't have a vision, we're in trouble. Look at me, look at me. you better get a vision. You better get a vision. You better get a vision for your family. You better get a vision for your, your healing. You better get a vision. You better stop seeing with your eyes and start seeing with your spirit. Your eyes will kill you man. Your eyes, your eyes will convince you that all life is hopeless. Your eyes will lie to you. Turn off your TVs for crying out loud. Please stop looking at it. Church of the living God, stop watching the news. It's all lies. Listen to me. You must have vision. Vision is not what you see. Vision is, Jesus always meant for, for us to have an experience. Not, not, not a look at. Vision is an experience. Vision isn't what you look at. You must get a vision. You can't live in 2024 without a vision. Proverbs 29:18, in the amplified version, I want you to hear it. Where there is no no revelation of Jesus and His word, the people are unrestrained, unrestrained. The people perish. They go the way, the the way of the unrestrained is death, destruction. So where there is no vision, you're driven by sight. Sight, remember when I said sight, sight sees what the earth manifests. Sight just sees what's there, man. It just looks in front of you and, and, and it looks at the doctor and it, and and, and then the sight hears the doctor say what the doctor says. And sight, sight then is compelled to believe what it sees. And so if you live by sight, you'll just believe whatever comes to your door. And he says, Where there's no vision, my people die. But where there is, So then, where there is vision, where vision thrives, where faith lives, now suddenly you see beyond what sight sees, and you see to the other side of this thing. So you don't believe what you see. You believe what you know. Faith. You know by experience. Let me give you my definition, if you could put it up there. Vision is a first-person illustration of faith. No, you got that? Well, just listen to me. Don't put that up there. Don't put that up there yet. Take that away. Yeah. They can't see that yet. Can't see that yet. That's a surprise. Here's the definition. Vision is a first person illustration of faith that comes from a revelation of Jesus. It's first person of faith. Most of us live our lives like this. We're down here and they're up there. That second person living imagine imagine a roller coaster and imagine you're riding the roller coaster now in your imagination right now where are you are you watching yourself ride the roller coaster or are you seeing what you see as you ride the roller coaster tell me what your relationship with jesus is like is it it from the second person perspective or is it from the first person perspective when you have a relationship with Jesus, the other night, you missed Wednesday. If you missed Wednesday, well, you just missed Wednesday. Wednesday was, was, was amazing in here. And as, as I sat there in the presence of Jesus, it's a first-person experience. Stop settling for second-person experience. Stop settling for side-of-the-road experiences with Jesus living on somebody else's revelation of Jesus, somebody's inspiration, and you're just on the sideline. You're just, you're just down on the ground watching the roller coaster go around like, ooh, that looks fun. Or terrifying. Because the ride with Jesus is mostly terrifying, sometimes fun. <laughs> and as I sat in the room, Jesus came to me. And there was a word released that said that this is a house of revival. And he called it North Coast Revival Center. And for a moment, I said, ooh, that sounds really nice. That resonates deeply with me. Let's change the name. Not going to do that. But I thought for a minute, that's amazing. And I asked God, "If, if this is the revival center, I asked Jesus, I said, Jesus, if this is North Coast Revival Center, then why does revival tarry? First person. First person experience with Jesus talks to Jesus, not about him. Stop talking about him. Start talking to him. You don't sing. See, this is, this is, this is doxology and theology. You don't sing about him. You sing to him. Ah, yeah, there's a difference. You watch. You watch yourself sing to him and then sing about him. One is inspirational, but one, the other is eternal. And I, I said, Jesus, why does revival then tarry if this is a, if we're all revivalists? And I declare that in Jesus' name. You're all revivalists. If we're all revivalists, then why does revival tarry? And I saw him giving me a present. And from, from heaven, he extended his hands down. I was standing right there. And, and he extended it down to me. And he said, because you've never opened the gift of revival that's yours. So let's all open the gift right now. Just open it up, just right now, open it up. I said, well, let's have it then. I'm like, whoo, let's get it. And I repented, repented right there, because most times in first-person ex- experience with Jesus, you have to correct what was incorrect to repent. So, it's, so vision is a first-person illustration It's not, it's an illustration because it's real. Y'all turn off your phones for a second, okay? You can get these things later. It's a first-person illustration. It's real. It's illustrated. It's not, it's not, it's not still. If you stare at that image on that screen long enough, it'll be it'll begin to appear to move. Vision moves. An experience with Jesus is not it's not it just, it's not stationary. It moves. It's an illustration. This is what vision is. And it's a faith. Vision is a faith. Vision. You, vision is not a resolution. Vision is not an image. And so I got a vision of my wife. Mm-mm. Vision is eternal. Vision moves. It's a faith. It's not found in the substance of this earth. It's found somewhere in between. So vision is a first-person illustration of faith that comes from a revelation of Jesus. Anytime Jesus allows us, anytime Jesus reveals himself to us, he's allowing us to see what our sight cannot. Don't allow a revelation of Jesus to go unsearched for what he's attempting to show you. He, whenever he's present, he's present with purpose. He's like, look, I'm here. I want to show you what's coming. I want, to, I want my presence to create an experience with you that is first person. I want you to be moved by this because this is from heaven. it always creates so it will it will bring a revelation and it will always create transformation here's how i know if you have vision here's how you know if you have vision troy this is how you know if you have vision how much have you changed in 365 days How much have you been transformed? Jesus, His presence will change you. It won't leave you the way it found you. And we have the audacity to say that we we want Jesus, but we don't want transformation. Transformation. We stubbornly stay in that which was instead of that which he's calling us to because we trust our eyes more than we do our spirit. We want to see it with our eyes before we see it with our spirit. And we say, God, if you'll show me, if you'll show it to me, then I'll believe it. But faith says, if I show it to you, then you will see it. Because you're blind now. you got cataracts. The world has created spiritual cataracts. And the only cure for your spiritual cataracts is vision. Is an experience with Jesus' first person that, that brings a revelation, an experience, that creates transformation. And it creates transformation and... Vision, vision is different from sight because sight will leave you hopeless. But vision, oh, it will make, it will bring your heart back to life. Huh? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But vision, it brings my heart back to life. The reason you're discouraged, the reason you're hopeless is because you have sight without vision. But God says, I want to give you vision in 2024. Vision is not what you see. Vision, then, is what you and I experience. I'm going to close with this, this one thing. I'm going to close with this. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, while we do not look at the things which are seen, put that up there, we don't look at the things which are seen, but we look at, so we don't look, Uh uh-oh, we don't look at the things that we can see. We look the things which are seen, these things of the Earth, they're temporary. The things which we see, those are temporary things. But the things but rather than, we look at the things that we can't see. So so here, God's telling the believer, look at what he's saying. He's saying, I want you from a temporary place to see an eternal place. I want you to look from this place. But how do I see heaven with my eyes? See, God God doesn't allow us. Look where God requires us to live. He says, you live down here on earth but as you live down there on earth you're dead I'm not allowed okay so I'm not allowed to see this I can't see this because I'm dead for you died with Christ and your life now is hidden with him so You can't see. As a believer, you're not allowed to see down here no more. But then, I can't see up here. How come I can't see up here then? Uh Uh-oh. How come I can't see up here then? What God has called us to live is in this place in between. He's called us to live in this place of the in between. So we're not allowed, we can't live in the earth. I want you to see this. You're not allowed to live. From the earth's perspective, if you call the name of Christ, you, you're just not. The just shall live by. We don't live by what we see, but we, we live by faith. So so we we can't we can't see anymore down here, but we can't see all the way up here because we're not there, we're not all the way in heaven. But we're not all the way on the earth. So then God has called the believer to live live his life right here in the middle, the green part, the blended part. This is where God has called you and I to live, in this middle part called vision. Vision is where? Here's how you know if you have vision or not. Because vision distorts reality it it messes with reality it won't live it won't sit comfortably with sight it won't it won't paul said this paul said well i was caught up in the heaven now, I wasn't sure about whether it was the second or the third. I'm not really sure which, where I was, but I know for sure that I wasn't in the earth. I know I wasn't in the earth, but I know that I wasn't all the way in heaven. I was somewhere in between. The prophets will prophesy, and as they prophesy, they will prophesy with such clarity You read any of the prophets, and they will prophesy from the earth, but somewhere, they will prophesy with such clarity that you won't know whether, now read the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel said, the spirit of the Lord picked me up and took me, the spirit of the Lord took me and showed me a valley. The Spirit of the Lord sent the wind, and the wind, and then the bones began to rattle. And all of a sudden, this thing took place. Now I ask you this, was He seeing from the earth, or was He seeing from heaven? He was seeing somewhere in between. And so I want to challenge you in 2024 to stop living from the perspective of of the blue and start to get a little higher and live in the blend of the two god will not allow his believers if you are a believer raise your hand if you're a believer then you cannot we are not allowed to see with our eyes vision is what we see from heaven's perspective so if it's our children we can't see them the way the world shows them to us. If it's our marriages, I don't, care. I don't care if you've been divorced for three years. If it's your marriage, you can't see it from heaven's perspective. From the earth's perspective. You have to see it from heaven's perspective. But you don't, you, we're not all the way there yet. So there is this place in the middle where God meets heaven and earth. And he somehow then gives you the vision that he has for your marriage, for your children. So vision, I will not settle any longer for sight when God promised me vision. He promised me vision through Joel. It's a promise. And if God promised you vision, stop living by sight. And so as I close, let me just say this. I I, I want you to know that the only way to achieve this, you see, this is unachievable. This here, this middle part, you, you and I, we, we can't achieve this by ourselves. The only way we get to this green part, the only way we live in vision, is through Jesus. But it can't be that you settle for a side of the road experience? How long will you sit alongside of the road before you ask of Jesus? Jesus, help me. Some of you have been living your faith through second-person experiences your whole life. And today's the day where God says, "No, this is for you. This is for you. This is the day where you have a first person experience with Jesus." I've got pain on my hands. I don't want to touch myself. We live in this gen. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. We live in this generation that, um, that watches faith, that's entertained by it. We live in a generation that, where preachers actually will preach the gospel from, from a world's perspective. They'll use secular songs. And secular means to pre- because they, they're so deceived that they want you to receive vision through sight, but it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work like I, I, can, I can't inspire you to receive vision. I can't philosophize you. I can't, I can't give you enough intelligence until you have an experience with Jesus You will forever be blind. And if you have a second person experience with Jesus, you might be able to see, but you will see very blurry. And the only way to overcome this blindness is through a revelation of Jesus. Aren't you tired? Like, I'm so tired of sermons and songs, and and this time and that time, and and I'm so tired of that. I, I just pray, God, that your presence would come into the room so undeniably. That each person would know you in the first person, that they would have a a personal experience with you that would bring such deep conviction to their hearts that they would never uh, allow themselves to remain in what was when you have shown them what is to be, that they would be so full that when they experience your amazing majesty, that the hopelessness would suddenly dissipate and hope would flood their hearts and they would become uh, obsessed with your person and the pursuit of your presence would be the only thing that matters to them instead of scrolling through YouTube looking for somebody else's experience and revelation with Jesus, it's about time you get off the side of the road and have one yourself. Have an experience in 2024 with Jesus yourself. And I tell you, if you will commit to having a first person experience, a revelation of Jesus in 2024, everybody will know you will not talk the same. You will not walk the same. You will walk different. You will talk different. Your children will know. Your pastor will know. Your teachers will know. Your bosses will know. You will know that you've had an experience with Jesus because it will not leave you how it found you. You see when you get to the green place when you get to the blended place you there are changed in that place. You cannot remain the same in that place. When you You've gone, when you've gotten a little higher and it's time for the church to get a little higher in Jesus. It's time for us to come on and focus on the things that are above rather than the things of this earth. It's time. Colossians 3.2 says, Set your mind on things above. So if you want vision. You gotta set your mind on heaven. You gotta set your mind on things, but not of this earth. Remember, the things of the earth are passing away. They're temporary. They ain't worth your time, church. These things of this world, all the contention, all the division, all that gossip, it ain't worth your time anymore, man. It ain't worth your attention. Stop giving it your focus and come a little higher. He says, set your mind on things above. I say this all the time, and I want you to hear me, and some of you need to develop this. I got this five-year, this five-year mentality that says this, that I won't lose. You want to know why I won't lose? Because if you come back in five years, I'll still be doing it. And some of you need to embrace that. You need a five-year mentality that says, I'm not going to lose. I've been trying to shake 20 pounds off of me for about two years now. And, I, and, I'll, and then I'll get, I'll get hurt and I won't be able to exercise. And then, you know, and then comes that moment where you just want to surrender to the blue. The blue, the blue got gravity on it and it'll look at you in the mirror and show you it got gravity on it. But I look at the blue and I said, no man, I set my eyes, I set my mind on things above. I hear the high calling of Jesus. I will not submit. I will not surrender to the blue any longer. I will not allow myself to, to live in blue. I'll set my mind on heaven. And, and, and as high as I set my mind, look at me, as high as you set your mind will determine the, the, the shade of green you live in. How how you set your mind will determine the shade of the green you live in. I'm trying to get to pale green, y'all. I'm trying to get to to where there ain't, ain't, ain't much green left in me, man. The higher you go, the more your flesh has to let go. Hear me. The higher you the higher you set your mind, the more you have to release your will. Your will wants to be right. You can't be right and be pale green. You, you can't have it your way and then have it, have it pale green. You can't be light yellow. You can't be a little bit of green in you and want to be right all the time. How you know, how do you know if you, if you're getting higher? You will repent. You'll repent. You'll change the way you think. Because most of us think too blue. You, you think too carnally. You look too carn. You want know, one, to one know why you think, think carnally? I know I'm being honest today, right? Want to know why we, th- we think, I'm going to put myself in there with you. Want to know why we think blue? Because we see blue. Because we live by what we see, and then our, what we see makes us feel something. And then we justify what we see by what we feel. And then we, we deceive ourselves into believing that what we feel is the truth. But what you learn is when you set your mind on heaven, you learn... There's a whole lot of lies down here in this blue. You, the lies are, the higher you go, the more the lies are exposed. The higher you take your children, the more their eyes will be clear. They will be able to discern. That's a lie. They'll, look at the, they'll hear the teacher say something and go, that's a lie. That's a lie. That is of this earth. That is not of heaven. So you got to set your mind. And you've got to make a determination in your spirit. In five years, you come back, you catch, you catch me, I'll still be living up here somewhere. I'm not coming down here anymore. You've got to make a determination. I'm not coming down here anymore. I'm not living, I'm not living broke, I'm not living sad, I'm not living sick, I'm not living mad, I'm not living offended, I'm not, I'm not living there no more, man. I refuse to live in the blue another day in my life when Jesus called me. And I would say tell it is disobedient for a believer to live in blue. It is purely rebellious for believers to live in the blue. We can't live all the way in heaven yet. We're not there. We're not Jesus. Right? But don't tell me it's not possible for us to get a little higher. Because the Bible says that Enoch walked with God and was not blue anymore, so God took him to yellow. Isn't that what he said? That's my translation. Enoch walked with God. Enoch set his mind so far above. That God said, he, he left green, man. He left, he left blue. He said, that, so it is possible, church, church is possible for us to live our lives without sin. Like willful sin. You're going to do some stuff, but then when you know what you did was sin, then as long as you repent, you keep You keep rising. this this is where the enemy lives he lives here he controls here and you see the, now you see the work of the church right? now you see the work of the church that the work of the church is to, is to bring yellow into green yellow into blue that's the, work, that's the work of the church is to pull down yellow my kingdom come my will be done on Blue as it is in yellow. Bring the yellow close. So it's telling us like, hey, you got to get to church. Why? Because when we're together like this, yellow reigns. Yellow, man, when we are together like this, there's so much yellow that comes into the room, blue runs out the door. Blue can't live where there's too much yellow. Yellow. And so you see them, you got to get your kids to the yellow. They're saturated in the blue. We're going to start a school in the, in the, in the new year, in the fall. We're going to start a school for your kids. So you, so you can pull them out of the government schools that are broken and indoctrinating them with more blue. I don't care what we got to do. We're going to start a school. Somehow, way. we're going to start a school. Our kids cannot live in blue anymore. They can't live there. You can't allow your marriage to live in blue. You can't allow your home to be saturated with blue. You know how blue comes in your home? That television. It it, it pulls blue in. And then the blue starts lying to you. And you say, oh, COVID's back, oh, oh no. Oh, what are we gonna do? Same thing we've been doing, man. We're gonna live in the yellow. Blue will convince you to live with a spirit of fear. Blue will convince you that it's rational to be fearful. Blue is a liar. For God has not given me a spirit of blue, but a spirit of love, peace, and a sound mind. God didn't give me fear. Even though, it it doesn't matter. I know I live... I live. Clo- I live somewhere in the vicinity of blue, but I don't live in blue. Set your mind on things above. More on, stand your feet as we close. Habakkuk. Habakkuk says this. Habakkuk two. Verse 2, it says, write the vision. Write the vision. Make it plain. So when you see it, are running. John, I hear the Spirit of the Lord telling you, time to run again. I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying in this room, it's time to run again. It's time to run again. Vision will make you run. It, it and vision. You gotta get your vision back. You gotta get a vision. Vision is a person. His name is Jesus. You, you gotta get a vision of Jesus. Because you slowed down, believer. Christian, look at me. You slowed down. You were running the race so well. Who lied to you? Who lied to you? Who slowed you down? Who, who, you, there's some blue that got in you, man. And when that blue got in you, you went from a run to a Yeah, I'll go. Fine, I'll do it. You slow down so much, you're barely moving forward. You're just like, oh, fine, yeah. Okay, God. <sighs> All right. But I hear the Spirit of the Lord telling the church, it's time to run. It's time to get a, it's time to get a revelation of Jesus so compelling that you begin to run. You begin to run so fast. Now I want you to know there are some things you can't bring with you as you begin to run. God wants to catch you and I in stride. He wants to catch you in stride. He doesn't want you. See, see I ran this relay race back in high school. Pastor Marlin was really fast. You might not believe it, but I was pretty fast too. Don't laugh. I was fast. I ran the anchor in the four by one, huh? Right? That's only because Marlon was faster in the turn. But anyhow, there was this relay race we would run, the four by one. And I would watch Marlon come across. And as he hit a certain point, I would have to take off running as fast as I could. I was blurry, y'all. I was so fast. Like Forrest Gump, man. And I would run. When he would hit that mark, I would start running. Marlon was so fast, though. Marlon liked Jesus, man. Jesus fast. He was so fast that there was a mark up there. And in, in, if I got the baton outside of that mark, I couldn't take, I couldn't receive what was coming to me once I went beyond that mark. And, and and God is telling you that right now, that it's time for you to start running as fast as you can. Because there's, there's a time in your future where you have to be in you have to be in stride with God. You have to be in stride with God. So when you hit the mark, you get, you get what He has for you and you keep running and you don't slow down. It's time for the church to start running. Start running. Let God catch you in stride. You say, You say, I I don't know what to do. Just start doing something, baby. Just start, 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 start moving. Start moving in faith. You say, I "I don't know. Start moving in faith. Just get along with Jesus. Get a first-person experience with Jesus and start doing it. Start moving faith. Don't let faith sit by side of the road any longer. Let faith move. Faith has to move. Faith wants to move you today. every every head bowed every eye closed you're here today God's calling you He's calling you to let go let go there's stuff you gotta let go of right now as a believer you gotta let go there's some blue stuff I just wanted you to see yourself dropping some blue stuff just of this world you're just letting it go right now let it go let it go Jesus is vision first person I let us covenant together today I will not settle for sight when Jesus has promised me his presence I won't settle and I'll set my mind in heaven set Jesus forgive me for allowing my mind to be set too low I set my mind intentionally on the things of eternity you are more than enough you are a healer you are a deliverer you are mighty you are strong you are the same yesterday today and forever what you did for them you want to do for me I thank you Lord I thank you that you're you're lifting me You're lifting me out of the blue. Old things passing away. I declare old things are passing away in your life right now. All of yesterday, all of the lies, all of the reproach, all of the condemnation, all of the shame is being released. Let go. You're rising now. You're rising. You're rising. You're here today. You never called upon the name of the Lord. Christians are praying right now. You never called upon the name of the Lord. His name is Jesus. I want you to know you will live forever. You will live forever either in eternity with the Father or in hell. There is no middle. No decision is a decision. I ask you today to make a decision for Christ. He's speaking to you. He loves you. He died for you died as you. So if you, if you want to repent and give your life to Christ, pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I repent. I receive your righteousness. I surrender all of my sin yesterday, today's sin, tomorrow's. I surrender it all to you. Take my life. Make it new. Use it all for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can you put your hands together for Jesus? Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We're praying for you. Live right. Love everybody. Pray hard. The altars are always open if you'd like to come and spend some time with Jesus. God bless you.